Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of the Betting Predators podcast. This is college football week number five. I am your host, Justin Rodriguez. You can find me on Twitter at CoachJrod1. That's Coach, then J-Rod, J-R-O-D, and then the number one. I am once again blessed to be joined by one of the best handicappers of any sport in all of America, my uncle, you guys wish he could be your uncle, but uh, figuratively speaking, he is. This is Dave Essler. You can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Uncle Dave, how are we feeling? Week five. Uh, we're feeling good. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't remember what happened last week. Um, I don't really care what happened last week. If you kind of dwell on that um, one way or the other, it'll affect next week. So, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to another solid week. And, you know, I was just sort of contemplating that whole nepotism thing with you being my nephew um you know i i don't like to use that but you know to your benefit um, i'm glad you're my nephew you're definitely not ashamed of me you can't be with the streak that we're going on right now now listen i was called many things on twitter over the week by my uncle one being a touter let's quickly review last week i was wrong with Wisconsin against Notre Dame. I think Uncle Dave was as well. But for the first time ever, we had two crossfires. I had under on the Texas game. My uncle had the over. I think that that game covered at half, did it not, Uncle Dave, on the it, over? It was pretty close. I know they ended up with 105 points, so I, I, I think we cleared that hurdle fairly easily. But, you know, I know where you're going with this, so go for it. So – I got obliterated in that afternoon game with Texas. I took under 61. Like Uncle Dave said, it was 105 total. I was not feeling good about my second crossfire. It was my best bet. I relied on Gundy. The Oklahoma State Cowboys against Kansas State minus six and a half. Uncle Dave did catch that number at seven, and he did remind me now, hey, I'm going to be going off of my number because I caught it earlier in the week because I'm a professional better. And – Oklahoma State had their way. If it wasn't for some missed field goals, it would have been a lot worse than it did than it was. Um, and also uh, a random kickoff return for a touchdown. But uh, we hit Uncle Dave, or should I say, I hit. We are now four and zero on best bets. And let's just say, for reference, if I had a listener and his one unit bet was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a unit, and he went one unit per each of my best bets through four weeks. Would you say that I make people millionaires, Uncle Dave? I would, and I think what I would what I would say more is I'm I'm impressed with the trajectory of your toutness and how well you have this down. It is a gift. Um, it is something natural. It comes easy to me. I do want to put millionaire maker in my bio on Twitter, but I think I'm going to refrain. Maybe if I get to ten and zero, we'll go ahead and start thinking about that. Does that sound fair, Uncle Dave? Yeah, it sounds fair to me, but I'm not the judge, jury, and executioner, so I think you better pray on that. Perfect. We got a great slate of games. Nobody cares what we did last week. They can't make money off of that anymore. They want to know where we could go to make money this week. We have six games. We're going to be switching it up just a little bit. It's going to be kind of a rapid fire. I'm going to go ahead and go through the, uh, the line, the total, and uh, Uncle Dave is going to give his analysis. I'm going to refrain from the uh, analysis for most of the games because I'm just going to go ahead and ask him questions, uh, maybe coming from the viewer side of things. Um, and we want to keep these pods to, you know, 45 minutes or so, keep them compact. Uh, Uncle Dave, you ready? I am. 
First game, number 22, Auburn. They're coming in at three and one. They're traveling to LSU, who's also three and one. Opening line, LSU minus four, over under 53. Current line, LSU minus three and a half, over under 56. Uncle Dave, Auburn's going somewhere where they have not won a game in over two decades. And I feel like if it wasn't for last week, Auburn might have been favored in this spot. What says you? Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I don't love LSU allowing Mississippi State 371 yards through the air at all. Um, I don't love laying three and a half, period. I don't love LSU only rushing for 63 yards against Mississippi State. But I don't love Auburn benching Knicks and, and winning a game they could have lost against Georgia State. You know, it seems like Auburn, if I look back at that Penn State game, is playing to the level of their competition. You know, here we go again. It is a night game in Baton Rouge, but, you know, that's accounted for in the number. And I, I think that's probably why it's three and a half and not three. Um, but again, you got unranked LSU favorite over ranked Auburn. So that's another sort of yellow flag. Like, you know, if you're looking at on Auburn, the, you know, the problem I have with LSU is they're averaging just 2.6 yards per rush. And on the other hand, they're averaging nine yards per pass attempt while the Auburn defense is allowing opponents to complete 75% of their passes. Remember, Auburn has played Akron, Georgia State, and Alabama State, meaning for me, it's hard to get to Auburn. Um, so I, I do kind of lean LSU. They also have Georgia next week, Arkansas the following week, Ole Miss at A&M. So, you know, I can see Auburn falling by the wayside soon, to be honest. And I can, I can say the same thing about LSU's future schedule. So I think this is sort of a, a desperation game for both teams, really. Uh, and with that in mind, I, I think both teams come out firing. So I like the over a little bit there, and I would lean to LSU, but I would want three. Now, we talked about the quarterback situation there with Auburn. Obviously, you see Bo Nix was benched last week against a bad football team. A lot of people or maybe the average person would look at that situation and think, wow, that could be a negative. I tend to look at it from the other side. Maybe we got somebody with a little bit of uh, more motivation under center. Maybe we have somebody um, that's undiscovered. Um, how, how do you look at quarterback change when it's this big of a program um, after just well, one loss to a good Penn State team and then a struggle against a bad team. Well, I think that really is is sort of team by team and coach by coach. And, you know, interesting point, you know, they, they have, uh, I've sort of been anti-Brian Harson a little bit um, early on this year. I mean, obviously the jury's still out with him, but, you know, if it had happened before with, you know, somebody like, like Nick Saban or even Orgeron or somebody that had been around that you kind of had a, a history to go on. But, you know, I, I, I don't know that Harson really, uh, I don't know that he knows what he's doing there yet. I had mentioned that I thought he might be in over his head and I've seen a few of the Auburn sort of alumni, if you will, sort of come out against some of those moves. So, you know, for me, I agree with you. I'm just not sure that's true in this particular case. But, you know, again, I don't know. Well, there's only one way to find out. And I think that if um, this kid from Auburn does come out and if he does play well in this game and Auburn were, were to win, I would say uh, the average people will probably be on Auburn uh, the rest of the way out because uh, people love the unknown and the unknown talent and they kind of get excited by those type of things. But good stuff, Uncle Dave. We're going to go ahead and move on game number two. We have unranked Mississippi State coming in at two and two. They're going to travel to Texas A&M, number 15 in the country. They are three and one. 
Opening line, Texas A&M minus nine and a half over under 47 and a half. Current line, Texas A&M minus seven and a half over under 46. Uncle Dave, this looks like two teams traveling kind of on the same path right now. Obviously, Texas A&M was a little bit uh, highly touted, um, more highly touted than Mississippi State, but they're both coming off of uh, a little bit of a struggle. Um, This is a get-right game for Texas A&M, no? Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, excuse me, preseason, I thought I thought maybe the Aggies had made the jump to a team I could bet on. You know, they've always kind of been the, the bridesmaid or always, you know, even when 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 someone was there and now obviously Fisher. Um, but now I wonder if they're not the same old, same old Aggies, you know, beyond the Arkansas loss, they put up 10 points at Colorado. I mean, that's 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 hard to do. Um, they completed less than 50 percent of their passes and didn't even rush for 100 yards and allowed the Buffaloes to rush for 171. And they have Alabama coming to College Station next week. So, you know, I thought I'd want to fade the, the Bulldogs here, knowing they lost at Memphis. But that was a game that statistically they dominated through the ball for 400 yards. So, you know, maybe the, the, the outcome doesn't reflect what happened on the field as much as maybe it, it could have on defense. Mississippi State's only allowing 2.8 yards per rush. Um, and the Aggies quarterbacks are completing only a little over half their passes, um, all the while losing the turnover battle. So I'm not sure they can be trusted. But you know, obviously the Aggies defense has been elite. I, I do like the under in this one, buddy. I was hoping for a better number, but even at 47 and a half, I have to think that this one stays under. You know, it's a it's a late game. It helps the home crowd, obviously. So I'll take that under. I want to lean Mississippi State uh, team total under as well. You know, this one. So it has like 27, 10 written all over it. So if I had to, I'd almost lay that touchdown. You know, some money's come in on Mississippi State, but the line's still over seven, which is telling. So um, I'm not as confident in that, especially because with that low total, you know, it does require me thinking a little bit differently. Obviously, seven and a half is worth a lot uh, in a game that's not supposed to see 47, 48 points. So I think the under is the best bet in that particular game. Yeah, it's really hard for me to get a read on this Mike Leach team. You know, I think uh, so much of my ideas and thoughts go back to him on the West Coast with Washington and um, Gardner Minshew, and they were doing all this crazy stuff and putting up decent amount of points. And I'm not sure what it is. I mean, maybe it's just the money and the pay in general, but all these coaches, and maybe you have a better idea of it, all they want to do is get back to the SEC. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's just a crazy thing. You think about Bielema the first time when he left and, and, uh, and he, and he went, uh, he went out there. Um, and then we think about, um, uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, he's trying to do the same thing and he's kind of accomplishing it a little bit more now. And then, uh, we have Mike Leach doing the same thing and isn't it China or isn't it kind of to be proven that these guys can't get away with these high powered offense in the sec, like they could maybe in other college, uh, football divisions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I can't think of a case in point where it's really worked. You know, I, you know, maybe Lane Kiffin can get away with it. You know, there's another one that 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 came back, and you know, I think another reason they came back, and and, and it may have less to do with the SEC than it does to do with money. I mean, they just pay exponentially more to their coaches, and you know, that would be for me one more good reason to come back to the SEC because you know these guys come back to the SEC. They, you know, I I think, and you know, I, I'm speaking without thinking about this firsthand but you know if it were me why would I want to go coach in the SEC West for anyone other than Alabama right now I mean you you know that you're probably not going to win the conference you're probably not going to 
play in a huge bowl game, you know, year after year with Saban and Alabama there. So, you know, why else would you do it? And then again, you know, the expectations of the college and the alumni probably aren't that they're going to be the next Alabama. So you almost can't really fail um, and you're going to make a few million bucks a year more. So that would be my motivation for going back to the SEC. Yeah, no, nobody's arguing with that kind of paycheck, even if you are getting beat, beat up week in and week out. We're going to go ahead and move on. And for those that don't know, uh, normally we record on Thursday uh, afternoon or evening, but because of some scheduling confluence, I think Uncle Dave was appearing on ESPN or something like that. He couldn't make the uh, schedule work. Uh, we are here at six in the morning, my time, seven in the morning, Uncle Dave's time. So uh, by, the ti- by the time the listeners get up, Uncle Dave will be what, minus three or four uh, heading into the back nine no the reality of the situation is i was not on espn yesterday and you know just because you're the host i have to counter with the reality is you got me up before the sun came up because you had a scheduling problem yesterday so let's just get one thing straight you know i'll, I'll plead the fifth on that uncle dave but I we're moving you. along I you. I, you know i have we have the editor-in-chief that can break the tie i understand i understand we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, this is a personal game in my hi- household, not for myself, but for my wife. Uh, unranked Texas Longhorns, who may be the hottest team in the nation right now. They're traveling to TCU to take on unranked uh, Horn Frogs there. They're two and one. Opening line, Texas minus four. Over under uh, 66 and a half. Current line, Texas minus five. Over under 65 and a half. Uncle Dave, I talk about Texas being one of the hottest teams in the nation after the quarterback change. Um, this is a game after a big win, a staple monumental win in the uh, early going for Sarkeesian that my wife feels like could be a letdown spot for Texas. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I, I think that I would never go against my wife um, just for the longer term ramifications. But, you know, speaking of teams that play to the level of their competition, you know, I give you the Horn Frogs, you know, SMU shredded them for almost 600 yards and I, you know, I thought perhaps some of that could be due to TCU having had a bye, being a little bit stale. But, you know, offensively challenged Cal averaged over eight yards per play against TCU. So, you know, the, the square play there is clearly Texas. You know, the Horns offense, yeah, they appear to be finding their groove after, you know, week after week. And I mentioned this earlier, they're getting better offensively under Sarkeesian. But, you know, there's the matter of the, of the Horns defense, which gave up, 35 points to T-Tech last week, 40 to Arkansas. So, you know, in as much as I love my home underdogs, I, I sincerely thought Texas would be a TD or more. So, you know, this is either a, a, a Texas gift or a Trojan horse. You know, TCU is a desperate team. TCU does have Oklahoma next week. So let's assume the line is correct and it is a closer game than I would have thought. Um, I'm not sure I, I buy into that right now, but, you know, that can only mean the total is probably too low. And it, in my mind, it has nothing to do with, let me think it was 105 points in that Texas game last week. Um, you, you know, it has everything to do with a probable shootout. So I, I like the over here. Uncle Dave's an old school boxer. He just takes body shots after body shots and wears them down round after round. Um, I agree with you on this. Um, looking at a perspective way into the future here, the way that Arkansas is playing right now and their record if Texas were to go undefeated all the way out and beat Oklahoma, we have to say that they're probably in the college football playoffs. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And this schedule sort of favors that. So, you know, that would be interesting to see now that we have, you know, teams like 
Clemson that 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 is not going to be there, and and I think uh, you know maybe Cincinnati could be yada yada yada. So I I think it's going to be interesting from here on out. There's there's some some open area for some some new blood there, and 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 they're certainly one of those ones that could take advantage of that. Yeah, and you know we always think about maybe in college football when somebody gets a loss, the motivation is not necessarily gone. But obviously, one loss in college football uh, really hinders your chances of getting into the playoffs. And hopefully, we expand a little bit more so that way uh, games become and um, can be competitive longer down the road. Obviously, um, I don't know what the line would be right now. I'm sure Oklahoma would be favored, but if it was uh, happening this week, I'd take Texas, Oklahoma over Oklahoma. I just love the way that they're playing. And I bet Sarkeesian had wished that he had started Thompson from week number one. Um, But uh, we're going to go ahead and move on. Uncle Dave strong thoughts here. I'm going to take the floor on this one. I want to be able to be the one who speaks first. Okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and let you rebuttal. And I hope we're on the same side. Cause if we're not, I don't think I could do a crossfire with my uncle for two weeks in a row. We have number eight, Arkansas coming in at four and oh, they're traveling to Georgia to face the number two ranked Bulldogs who are also four and oh opening line, Georgia minus 19 and a half over under 48 and a half current line, Georgia minus 18 and a half over under 48. This is a line that I'm very familiar with, Uncle Dave. This is what the people have been waiting for. For me, this is all smoke and mirrors here from Arkansas. I truly think they're a fraud. I am not buying what they are selling. Of course, they have some nice wins on the season. They are undefeated. They are much improved. But let's revisit those wins. Week one, they beat a terrible Rice team. They won big. Week two, they beat a Texas team that had a true backup playing at quarterback and was not ready for that moment there in Arkansas. Once Thompson got in the game, Texas actually moved the ball really, really well. And I assume that if this Texas team played Arkansas, again, Texas would be favored. Week three, they walked through a terrible Georgia Southern team, which kind of got some credit after what they did last week. And then week four, their most impressive win is over an overrated Texas A&M team. Like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, could barely get by Colorado. Arkansas is just too one-dimensional. And their latest win, um, quarterback K.J. Jefferson was 7 for 15, 212 yards and two touchdowns. That sounds all well and good. But six of those receptions, along with 167 of the yards, went to one wide receiver. None of this is going to fool the best defense in the country. Uh, Georgia is on the path to the, our clear path to the national championship. Uh, also, Arkansas, first true road test. Do they have a high-powered offense when they get bloodied up in that first and second quarter? Do they have a good enough passing attack to come back from a large deficit? I absolutely do not think so. Right now, 84% of the tickets and 82% of the cash is backing the Razorbacks on the road. I can't see any evidence through four weeks that allows me to do so. My best bet, Georgia, minus 18 and a half. Uncle Dave, what says you? Um, I'm, I'm leaning in that direction, although... Full disclosure, I was sort of not earlier in the week. I mean, for argument's sake, I'll give you the the reason I would perhaps take Arkansas. I mean, you know, this could be the biggest game Arkansas has played since Hatfield was their coach like three decades ago. Um, And honestly, it's a game they can play without much pressure on them. And, you know, I think Georgia does have a little bit of pressure. um, And that's true when you factor in, you know, the Hogs play Arkansas Pine Bluff next week so they can – pretty much throw everything they have with very little to lose because people expect them to. I mean, I think Georgia's defense is obviously super legit, but, you know, are they as good as the team that shut Clemson down? 
knowing that Clemson's been shut down by everyone. So, you know, I don't know that Georgia's played a real offense yet. And this is a, a noon Eastern game, which can't hurt Arkansas at all. And, and I look at that total of 48, 49, and I think that's probably correct. Um, but, you know, if you want to give me the eighth ranked team with, you know, two and a half touchdowns, I'm, I'm inclined to take it only because if you look at that line relative to the total, you know, I'm getting about 38% of the expected points before the game kicks off. So, you know, I don't think they lack confidence. They led Georgia seven to five at halftime in Fayetteville last year before fading in the second half. So I really wonder, you know, if, you know, Georgia can sort of close that back door out. I mean, they might, because I, th I think the thing that's a little bit telling here is, as you mentioned, is the, um, the amount of tickets and money that are on, they're on Arkansas, and yet that spread is going absolutely nowhere. So that sort of tells me that, you know, you might be on the sharp side there, but I'm going to take the fifth to be, to be quite honest. Yeah, I would say that I'm anything but sharp when it comes to anything between me and you, and Uncle Dave. For me, just looking at it from a football perspective, um, you know, I really thought the Texas A&M was going to expose Arkansas. What it actually did is show me um, a little bit more about Texas A&M than it did about Arkansas. Like I said, I truly think if Thompson played that game for Texas against Arkansas, um, it would have been obviously a lot closer and maybe even would have resulted into a loss. What would the spread be this week if Arkansas was coming in at three and one? Um, we don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just not a believer. And uh, maybe I'll be humbled. Maybe the best bet streak will go down the tube. But at this time right now, um, you know, Georgia is their eyes are set on that national championship. And I think every opportunity that they get to prove that they are the best team in the nation, um, they're going to do it. And I think that they're going to make a mockery of uh, Arkansas. And we're going to be talking about uh, how in the heck could I have taken that 18 and a half or I could be wrong. That's why they play the game. Um, we're going to go ahead and move on, though. But just to recap, best bet for me, Georgia minus 18 and a half total against Arkansas. Next game, Uncle Dave, we have unranked Washington coming in at two and two. They're going to travel to Corvallis. They're going to play Oregon State, who's three and one, coming off a really big win for the Beavers at USC. Opening line, Washington minus two and a half over under 53. Current line has shifted all the way to Oregon side, minus one over under 57 and a half. Uncle Dave, one of my greatest memories as a kid was just finishing up the seven o'clock game on Saturday, whether it be an SEC matchup or something like that, and thinking, ah, the day's over. But then I get a healthy dose of that West Coast football at 10-15 start, and I get to watch the Ducks or the Beavers. Um, this is a big game for Oregon State, I believe, after their big win against USC. What do you think about this one? Well, you know, full disclosure, I, 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 I bet this earlier in the week I took – Oregon State, well, I, I grabbed a plus three way back when, but, you know, I digress to when I first looked at this game. I don't know how much to read into the Beavers beatdown of, of USC. I mean, we, you know, I, I get, we know USC is USC part three or part four. I mean, you know, nothing's changed, you know. So I'm looking for negatives here so I don't jump on Oregon State without thinking it through. You know, they threw two picks. They gave up 430 yards. They had 13 penalties. So it was far from a clean game, but they ran the ball for over 300 yards. And I, I hate the fact that Washington let Cal have uh, 130 more yards of offense in spite of Washington winning an OT. So, you know, if Cal doesn't turn the ball over there three times, you know, we're, we're probably looking at a Washington team that's not a two-and-a-half-point conference road favorite. Um, and, again, I, I, I did this earlier in the week. So 
They're obviously not a two and a half point conference road favorite anymore. And I think that line move is correct, you know, but in the end, uh, you know, 6 p.m. local time start, uh, good for the home team. I don't trust Washington's offense to get and maintain any margin. Uh, their run defense isn't elite, so I think Oregon will be able to run on the average 5.6 yards per carry. So, you know, I don't think the initial ticks to the over are correct either. And after I work through everything, you know, give me the home dogs against a team that lost to Montana and hasn't won a road game yet. So I like the home team here. Yeah, and ultimately, this comes down for motivation. I know that in a lot of games, statistically speaking, um, we're looking at different uh, facets of the game, whether it be the statistics on the run defense, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, Oregon State doesn't ever really have a lot to be excited about. And uh, to them, it was a big win. They don't care who USC coaches are or were or going to be. It's meaningful to them. And uh, getting that kind of momentum, that place is going to be rocking. I've never been to Corvallis, Uncle Dave, but I imagine there's not a lot to do there. So I think that this game is going to be big for their students and their players. We are yeah. going to go. You got something, Uncle Dave? I'll go for it. All right, perfect. We're going to move on. This is the most anticipated matchup of the week, one that I'm personally looking forward to the most. It is number seven ranked Cincinnati. After their off week, they're 3-0. and They're traveling to Notre Dame who really cost me and Dave some money last week. They're 4-0. They're ranked number nine in the country. Opening line, Cincinnati minus one and a half, over under 55. Current line, Cincinnati minus two, over under 50 and a half. Uncle Dave, I was shocked by this line. I thought after last week, Notre Dame would be the favorite, even though it would be small. What's going on here? Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, but, you know, things are the way they are for a reason. You know, Notre Dame hasn't lost, but... You know, they played a Badgers team that maybe they're not as good as we thought they were preseason um, and at FSU. And look, you know, oh, speaking of that, I saw a funny thing um, posted about FSU. It said FSU tickets are, are down to 60 bucks per game. And for the 60 bucks, you can stay on the sidelines and call two plays. So <laughs> that's how far it's gone down for you. Um, but, you know, Notre Dame, based on the eye test, they do seem to be getting better every week. And you know, Cone's injury doesn't appear serious. Pine filled in nicely last week. So, you know, I'm not going to upgrade or downgrade anybody here based on that. And, you know, Cincinnati hasn't really played anyone yet. They, you know, they had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to beat Indiana. So I'm kind of with you. Well, you know, why pray tell was like, did they come out favored and are still favored? You know, is it because the Irish cannot run the ball? Is it because Cincinnati's number one in opponent's completion percentage at 38%? Or is that stat? opponent inflated because of their competition you know Cincinnati's run defense does have seem to have the advantage and, and I hope they do for their sake because their O-line has allowed some sacks so and Ritter has thrown three picks so I think the Irish the way you know this is going to be how they play the game how the game is played out I think is going to is going to probably tell uh, the story here more than anything and I think the Irish totally commit to making Cincinnati beat them through the air and, and I don't think they can but that will be their path of victory as it will Notre Dame since again, they can't run the ball. You know, having said that, uh, I think I'm going to refrain from, from taking a side here. I like the under and the early betters did as well. So that would be my bet if I were going to have to have money on that game, uh, but I'm going to sort of sort of wait and see what happens. If I'm going to come down on the side, I'm, I'm more interested to hear what the uh, best bet undefeated dude has to say here. Well, I told you earlier in the year, I absolutely love 
Ritter at Cincinnati. I believe in him, just what he showed me last year, although that be against a depleted Georgia team um, in that bowl game. And you can question motivation, this, that, or whatever. Um, I love the coach Fickle. Um, I've never been on Notre Dame at any point this year. Last week, they did kind of show me something. I do have a few friends who are um, avid Notre Dame followers. Uh, they did tell me that, you know, or opened my eyes to the fact that Crone's playing in a new offense and the offense is just getting ready uh, to kind of start a, starting to click uh, down this stretch here. Um, so there's something to be said about that. Um, even you look when Tom Brady, the best of the best, uh, went to Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, they struggle early on. So um, that's kind of switched my thinking on how I look at Notre Dame's offense. But gosh, I love Cincinnati and this is – this has to be the biggest game to this point in this college's uh, career here. Um, my question is, and I think about it, obviously we got two fully motivated teams here, but Uncle Dave, if Cincinnati lost and Notre Dame ran the table, do you still think Cincinnati's considered for uh, one of those four spots in college football playoff? Um, probably not. And, uh, and, and the only reason being their, their schedule, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I believe, the seventh-ranked team. But, you know, if you look past this, um, you know, Temple, Central Florida, Navy, Tulane. So I would have to say no. Um, and with that said, that would put maybe a little more motivation on Cincinnati because, I mean, they have to know that. Yeah, and then what about – I want to get your take on that. You know, I referenced some people that have kind of opened my eyes about Cronin being in the new offense and it just kind of getting better week after week. Is that something that you've seen as well, or do you just chalk it up to uh, poor offense? No, I, 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 I am in total agreement with you. It's, it's, it's better every week. Um, I, don't, I don't, you know – I mean, the biggest sort of change in teams is, is, you know, week one to week two, week two to week three. So, you know – I look at, you know, I, I look at, you know, we can go back to the the the, the uh, Georgia Arkansas game we talked about. You know, I, I I don't disagree with you on Georgia, but you know that win over Clemson that everybody saw on national TV, a standalone type game, was, you know, at the time everybody thought, you know, oh my God, Georgia is, you know, right there with Alabama and just completely dominant, but. You know, if you look at what's happened to Clemson since then, you know, is that win really as good as it looked? I mean, I, not to take anything away from Georgia, but, you know, if, you know, that's, if that's the best you can do, I, I have to wonder, you know, if you, you know, if, if they were to play that game now, as opposed to three or four weeks ago, you know, Georgia would be favored by plenty. So I don't know. And so with that said, yeah, I, 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 I think, now today is way different than you know week one or week two and I think this is when the when the cream rises to the top um, and you really see you know they are what they are uh, this week not maybe two or three weeks ago and then last point on this game and I guess betting uh, strategy in general uh, when we have this line around one one and a half if you like Notre Dame aren't we just going money line get a little extra money on top of that maybe plus 130 there or so yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I get asked that all the time. If I should just take the money line, I'm I'm in I'm inclined to not do that, and that's just me. Um, only because the one time I don't do that, it's a one point game. I mean, I, I I don't like to be greedy. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, I I feel you know, and what's the money line? You know, plus one twenty, one twenty five. You know, 
that's where you have to decide is that really enough to um, you know not lay the minus 110 and personally uh, it's it's not more often than not you know I, I kind of like the money line if I'm going to take that risk of just winning the game to be you know more you know 150 175 if I got a you know four five six seven point underdog you know if I'm betting underdogs I'm 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 you know especially underdogs you know seven or less I'm I'm, I'm really betting that I don't need the points. So that would also correlate with something we talk about a lot is let's look at it relative to the total, you know, you know, two or three points in a game that's only going to see 40, 45 points is a whole lot more valuable than if I'm playing it, you know, in a game, you know, BYU, Utah State, where I'm going to see 65. So I have to factor in all of those things. And in this particular game, I, I probably would take the points um, because I don't see either team being able to get margin, but that is not a hard and fast rule in my book. Yeah, and then the other thing that I look at, I always think about the 1% situations, and let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, what's the odds of a team going into overtime and getting a chance to go for two to possibly win or lose a game? It's probably pretty, pretty low. But in a total that this that it's this close together, that one and a half means a lot, especially uh, in these types of situations, because I could just see from a football's perspective, you know, Cincinnati has the ball and there's two seconds left and they have a chance to win the game. They don't think they, they can go to overtime with Notre Dame or vice versa, and they're going to go for it. And, uh, you know, whenever you think that that one and a half doesn't mean much, uh, like we said before, uh, those casinos in Vegas are built off of our money, not theirs. So uh, more often than not, that one and a half will come into play. Um, one thing I did want to revisit, you talked about, you know, just looking at lines in general, and you mentioned the Arkansas and Georgia when I think about stuff, and we talked about this off air, you, you think, man, something's too good to be true, so I'm going to go the other way, or man, I should have done that. I knew it, you know, and we just kind of overthink sometimes. When I was looking at that Georgia-Arkansas game, you know that if the spread was like Arkansas minus, or I mean Arkansas plus, like 13 and a half, I would yeah. much rather be on them at 13 and a half than I would at 18 and a half. Is that yeah. stupid? No, no, no. I, I totally agree. You, you, you know, you – you have to look at the at the the plus eighteen or plus nineteen and and having it stay there as as a whole WTF. Um, yeah, I'm with you. You know, I mean, I totally get the line, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I psychologically, I I would feel better. You know, now they're now you look. You know, and, and there again, that's the difference between looking at it. You know, Sunday when the lines come out, or or Friday or Saturday. You know. Um, would you look at it differently? And the answer is usually yes. And this is a classic example because yeah, I, I would have, I saw that number and I was like, man, I should just take Arkansas. And I was like, well, let me just think about it. You know, it, unless it goes below the, the magic number of 17, I got time. Um, and it hasn't even come anywhere near that. So, you know, is this going to be a case of, man, I overthought it. Why didn't I just take the, the close to three touchdowns? Or is this a case of, I should have followed the market and, and just lay the wood on Georgia when they win 38 to three, I'll be pissed. I didn't. So yeah, that, you know, there's the whole mental part of this and that, you know, correlates to when we talk about it a lot, when we record on Wednesdays or Thursdays, you know, I typically look at these and write my notes down Sunday or Monday and, you know, thinking changes during the week. So yeah, absolutely. I, 
I agree with you. You know, if it had, and if it had, if it if if that line had been inflated and it did get bet down to thirteen or fourteen, then what I do? I go, oh shit! You know, I'm not going to take it now. I missed four and a half points of value. So yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, you gotta put the whole mental part into the equation and either do it or don't. Are you going to slap my um, youthful ignorance if I go ahead and put a little coin on a pleaser of Georgia minus twenty four and a half? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll refrain. I'll refrain. Ladies and gentlemen, um, just want to remind you that this is all free content from one of the best handicappers in the world. Uh, Uncle Dave, Dave Essler, you can find him on Twitter again at Dave underscore Essler. And I just want to put this out there. You know, Dave is generous enough, um, not only to myself, but to the betting predators podcast in general, he puts all of this information out here for free, free content. But I do want to let people know that if you are looking for premium content, Dave is an avid spot holder on pregame.com. You can go buy his premium picks. Uh, you're not going to go wrong. Is he going to hit 100% of the time? Absolutely not. But if you take him season long, I promise you, you're going to make money more years than you won't. Guys, also don't forget, please visit thebettingpredators.com. They have picks, player props. Those guys over there sleepy, they have been killing it. The mad journalists on player props. If you guys are into fantasy, you're going to love player props, Thursday night games, uh, Sunday night games, Monday night. They have everything that you could possibly want, free content and premium. They're doing some big things. The betting predators are the up and coming uh, brand in this business, backed by some very impressive guys. They also have other podcasts that you guys need to listen to. I know Uncle Dave is uh, grateful and uh, and he gets to do an NFL one that I wish that I could just get two cents in on one time, but make sure you guys go uh, and listen to that. The betting predators.com is where you can find all that free and premium content. And also don't forget to go buy Dave's premium stuff at pregame.com. I am coach J rod. You can find me on Twitter at coach J rod one Dave. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm on cup of coffee or cup of coffee number five, and I am ready for the day. Are you seriously on five? No, I'm not on five, but the short time that you've known me, I wake up on coffee number five. I'm an energetic person. It could be four in the morning or 10 o'clock at night, and I'm ready to go. Well, when you get to be my age, you do learn to pace yourself a little bit better. Plus, Uh, if I had five cups of coffee, there's bladder control problems. (laughs) If I'm blessed enough to get to your age, then that will be a great day for me and my family. Guys, we will see you next week. Have a good one.